How are you all doing? How are you all doing? How are you all doing? Yes, come on. Did you enjoy that worship? That was awesome. Very good. Now tonight I just want to share uh, a message that God put on my heart. Um, It's from John chapter 11 and uh, verse 34. It says, where have you laid him or where have you buried him? This is the story of Lazarus. We all know the story. And uh, I just want to share what God put on my heart. Because I found it, I found it very, very profound. I found it very, very touching. Because God was trying to tell me something. Even as I share with you tonight, actually I'm talking to myself as well. Where have you buried him tonight? In John chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I am resurrection and life. Jesus says, I am resurrection and life. You know, we know the story about Lazarus. Now, the interesting thing is, this story is there only in the Gospel of John. It's not there in the other three Gospels. Because John was a very close friend of Jesus. And Jesus would take him wherever he went. So he knew who the friends of Jesus were. Now, this is a story of a family that was very close to Jesus. This family was very, very close to Jesus. And John had been watching how Jesus would interact with this family. And John was totally blown away when he received a message. You know, he was, he was with Jesus when the message came that his buddy, Lazarus, is very sick. Lazarus is very sick and he may die. Now, at that point of time, Jesus was just two kilometers away from where Lazarus lived. Just two kilometers away. And even if Jesus was to roll, not run, not walk, even if he was to roll, it won't take him four days. And Jesus just carried on normal business. He did what he had to do. And Lazarus passed away. And four days after he had passed away, Jesus actually went to that town. And as soon as One of the sisters heard that Jesus is on the way. She came running to him. Guess what she was doing? She was probably having a pity party. You know? I've walked with Jesus all these years. And when it was my turn, he didn't turn up. When we needed him the most, he didn't turn up. How do I know this? Because the first thing that she says to Jesus is that, If only you had been here. Has anybody been there? Has anybody been there? If only you had been here. If only you had known what I was going through. If only you had been been more attentive to my prayers. And the interesting thing is, that Jesus just repeated what he had said that what he, at the beginning itself. He said, Lazarus will not die. 
He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the author and finisher of our life. And he knew, he knew from the very beginning the destiny and the call that he had on Lazarus. It did not matter what situation, what circumstances he had, he would still be able to intervene and he would still be able to change. You know, a few years ago we had gone to Burma. We had gone to Burma and we were ministering there. Now it is called, uh, it's not called Burma anymore, it's called Myanmar. And we were ministering and this place that we were ministering in, It was in the farthest corner. The only way you could reach there was a military flight. The military plane would come and pick you up and take you in. And that would happen once a week. And if you want to get out from there, the only way you can get out is by boat. We tried traveling by bus. It took us seven hours to travel 75 kilometers because there were no roads. And all you're riding through is paddocks. And you keep, keep shaking and shaking and shaking and shaking till your body aches. This is in the farthest corner where nobody else would want to go. We were ministering there. And this was a big meeting. We had prepared for months. We had prepared for, you know, we had been praying. We had been fasting. We had doing all kinds of things. On the day... We were supposed to minister. It started raining heavily. Very, very heavily. It was as if all heads had broken loose to make sure that the miracle that was going to happen that night would not happen. Instead of a big crowd, we probably got 300 or 400 people that night. Not very big. In that crowd was a lady She was born in India, but her parents were in circus. You know, she was a trapeze artist. And so her parents would travel from nation to nation, and they had reached Burma. And while they were doing a trapeze act, this lady fell off the trapeze. She fell down and broke her back. She had a broken back, and then they tried to fix it. So they put a steel rod in it. But the job was not well done. So for 30 years, she had been bent down like this. So every neighborhood, everybody in the neighborhood knows auntie who is bent down. Everyone knew her. She had come to that meeting. After the message was preached, after we shared about the resurrected Christ, the power of God fell in that place. The power of God fell in that place and she rose up. She became straight and she walked straight after 30 years. After 30 years, she walked straight. Can you tell me why it rained so heavily that night? Can you tell me? Because the enemy does not want people to receive miracles. It is the enemy's plan to rob you and me. But the God of heaven and earth says... That I am the resurrected Christ. I have decided your destiny. I have decided your purpose. And I am going to raise you up. The same God. Who stood and said about Lazarus. That he is not dead. He is alive. Said about that lady. I have still not finished with you. I have still not finished with you. I have got a plan for you. 
Next day, next day she came. She came with 300 people. She came back with 300 people because she went back home. She couldn't sleep. She went door knocking. Every door, every door, every door. Do you remember me? Do you remember me? I am the one that was stooped down. Do you remember me? I am the one that was stooped down. All the neighbors came. They wanted to know about this living God that we preach of. Every one of them wanted to know about the resurrected Christ that we preach of. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? We serve a God who is an awesome God. We don't have to settle for second best. We don't have to settle for anything than the best. Jesus is alive. He's very much alive and he knows what our needs are. So Martha comes running and says, he's been dead for four days. He's been dead for four days. Jesus says, it doesn't matter. I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. Are you excited tonight? He came and stood outside the... He said, before that, he said, where have you buried him? Where have you laid him? They said where he had been laid. Where they had put him. You know, a lot of times, I don't think this is a story about Lazarus alone. It's your story and my story. It's your story and my story where we have been laid and we had been put away. This lady had been praying for 30 years, but her miracle had not come. But that night, Jesus came and said, come out. He stood there and said, come out. There are some of us here tonight who have cried out to God for different things. It looks like we have been passed by. You know, there's a lady called Anna in the Bible. I think she was 80-something. She had served the Lord with all her heart. She had worshipped Him day and night. She had worshipped Him day and night. She had not seen any breakthrough come. But that night, that, that day, even as she stood worshipping God, she felt the tug of the Holy Spirit upon her and said, Come out. I want to show you the salvation that I have planned for this, king, for this world. Even as she went out, she saw baby Jesus there. Just let's put on the imagination and think what this lady had been thinking all these years. She had worshipped God. She had served God faithfully. But she had not seen any breakthrough. She had served God faithfully, but she had not seen any breakthrough. She felt like she was being bypassed all the time. She was being bypassed all the time. Every opportunity that came, she would miss. She would miss the boat. Everybody else would be blessed. But when it was her turn, the resurrected Christ came and intervened. He came and intervened because he is interested in touching your life and my life. 
you know, I started looking at, at this, you know, where have you buried him? And I thought, God, what are you trying to tell me tonight? What are you trying to tell me? And he started bringing to my attention stories after stories where it looked like the person had been forgotten and buried. See, Lazarus had been forgotten. He had been buried. He had been buried for four days, but he had been forgotten. We were, we were living in a Muslim country at that time. And uh, we got a phone call in the middle of the afternoon. And we were told, before six o'clock in the morning, you should be out of our country. You should, be, you should have crossed over the borders before 6 o'clock in the morning. So we hurriedly packed our bags and we left. Not knowing what will happen or where we are going. We had some friends who called up the neighboring country and said, there's a couple coming, they have a 14-month-old child as well with them. Can you take care of them? We knew somebody would come and meet us at the border. We crossed the border. I tell you, we were trembling. We were trembling because we didn't know what the future held for us. If you get caught by the police of that nation, you get a caning. You'll, cane, you'll get the caning of your lifetime. We crossed the borders and then I saw this man come towards me casually. He had jeans on. He had a t-shirt on. And uh, he said he's a pastor. So I looked, <laughs> looked him from head to toe. Because in India, pastors don't wear jeans and, and t-shirts. It's too casual. And uh, he, took us, he took us with him. He took us across the border. He took us to his home. And we were taken into an orphanage. We were in that orphanage, surrounded by about 30 kids. Most of the kids had been born either to prostitutes or kids who had been kicked out of home because mom and dad had split up and mom and dad were now with new people. Most of the kids were like that. And so, knowing the Bible, I knew they would have demons, they would have this issue, that issue, and all kinds of issues. And so, we were asked to minister to these children. So I started ministering out of what I knew. And I didn't see God move. I tried breaking of the spirit. I tried binding the demons. I tried everything, but nothing happened. I stood back and I said, Lord, what's it that you want to do? He said, reach out your hands and put your hand upon the head of that child. Then he started talking to me. The first child that I prayed for had been kicked out of home at the age of five. Because now, Mom and dad had split, and there was no more space, place for him to live in the house. 
as I stood there, I remember tears rolling down my face because God started talking to me about that child. He said, he, he, he did not know what to do, so he started living under a bridge. During the nights, he would go out prowling and scavenge food from the leftovers. And as I started telling him, this is what Jesus is showing me, the child started weeping. Jesus said, at the age of seven, the people who were into drugs saw him and he saw that he could be a good courier. He's smart and he's an ordinary face in the crowd so he won't be caught by the police. Now those who... Now there's a, a place called Golden Triangle. This is a place between Burma, China, India and Thailand. More drug transfers take place there than you would imagine in Colombia. So he would take drugs into that place and he would run out. Finally, he decided this is not the business that I want to be involved in. He ran away from them. They realized that he was running away so they chased him. They chased him. Being a little boy, he couldn't run very far or very fast or further away from them. He hid under a bridge, I think. And God told me, I put my hand between him and his oppressors. They were standing right in front of him and they couldn't see him. The child thought that I'm buried. I have been laid out of sight. But he was never laid out of sight of Jesus. Jesus was so interested. He was very interested in the well-being of that child. He put his own hand between these drug kinpins and the child. And the child, you know, after I shared this with him, he said, I wondered, I really wondered why did they not see me? I'm standing plain in front of them. And I wondered. A lot of times, a lot of times we don't realize what we have buried. So Jesus came and stood in front of the tomb and he said, I want you to roll away the stone. And he decided to call forth Lazarus, who was dead, who had rotten, and started to decide to call him forth out of the, the cave. And Lazarus came out. You know, as I started thinking about this, I remembered my childhood. We were three friends. One of my friends, his name was Anil. Anil and myself and Janak, 
we grew up together all the time shattering people's windows we were together playing cricket we were together jumping over people's fence so that we could steal some mangoes we were together and then i got busy i went to study my accountancy anil was not very intelligent so he had to go back and start a job or something like that and i got busy with life and i moved on we would still hang out together once in a while but i had moved on by then i had received the lord and uh, i had passionately started pursuing god i got busy with church i got busy with people i got busy with ministry anil was still living his usual life he was a hindu he would go to temples he was born in a family his two elder brothers were doctors they were both gold medalists they were highly academic his third brother was an engineer he again was a gold medalist and his sister was a qualified lawyer but anil was not very smart so it was a big thing for him and he believed that his god the god that he served would be able to help him one day i came back from work i'm this successful guy knows the lord and everything one day i came back from work when my neighbors had gathered together they were whispering so i went over and i said what happened anil had gone on a pilgrimage to different temples so that his his future would change in one of these places there was a pond he fell inside and nobody saw him four days later he was discovered i never got a chance to tell about jesus to my friends i want to ask you tonight I got busy I buried him in my busyness You might be thinking there are no temples here actually there are There is a temple of rugby and you sacrifice you sacrifice your friends on the altar of rugby you get so busy with your rugby that you don't realize There is a there is the altar of busyness here as well as i started thinking about about you know where i had gone past and buried my friends i realized that i've buried my friends in my busyness i've stopped connecting with them i've been so busy playing church 
I've been so busy doing ministry. I've been so busy doing all kinds of things. That I have buried them and I have moved on. I started thinking. I have this resurrected Jesus with me. I have this Jesus who says I am the life and the resurrection. But I failed. I failed to bring these people out of the tombs that they have been buried in. Because I am too busy. There are many Lazaruses out in the community. Let me tell you, you don't need to go to India to see the Lazaruses. You don't need to go to India to see the poor. Come with me, I will show you. I work in Camberley. I work among the people. I will show you the same kind of poverty. I will show you the same kind of needs. I will show you the same kind of brokenness that you find. You come with me. I go to places where, where, where there are people who have been abused and who have been thrown out of their homes. I'll tell you a story. I had gone to this place to minister. It's not very far. It's in a place called Napier. I went there and, and we were sharing about Jesus. All we would do is we will put up small stories we would take a small general topic. So the day, that day the topic that we took was family. What would family mean to you? So we had these 20 people who were sitting there and talking to us. As I started talking about family, one of the participants just started weeping loudly. She just started weeping. She just broke down and she started weeping. So after the meeting, I connected with her and I said, would you like to tell me your story? She said, I am one of many children that my parents had, but none of my family wants to connect with me. I'm an outcast. Nobody wants to talk to me. I was abused by my grandfather when I was at the age of five. I connected with her and we started sharing about Jesus and how Jesus can bring a healing. I was calling out the Lazarus. Tonight, as we come to the end, I just want to ask you, when was the last time you shared about this resurrected Christ to somebody. That story in John chapter 11 is not there to tickle our ears. It's there to ask us, what would you do with me? Would you take the resurrected life that I give you and take it to the Lazarus who is buried because you have laid him somewhere, because you have forgotten about them, in your busyness. You know, I still cry for my friend. Because I never got an opportunity to tell him about this Jesus who could have given him a better future.
who had a plan and a destiny for him. There are many out there in the community. Let me tell you. My wife used to be a teacher in Central Hawks Bay College. The first week she went there to teach. One girl came to her and said, Miss, are you a Christian? So Jesse turned around and said, You need to go and do your work. As a teacher, you're not allowed to talk about these things. So this girl got up again and came to her and said, Miss, are you a Christian? So Jesse turned around and said, You need to get on with your work. The third time she came and said, Miss, I know you are a Christian because I'm a Satanist. What do you want to call out the Lazarus? What do you want? What do you want to take the gospel to those people, those kids who are out there in the streets who have not heard about this resurrected Christ and they have turned and have looked at other gods? They have looked at the God of alcohol. They have looked at the God of drugs and they are looking for love. And where do they find it? They find it in sex. They think that they can have the love that is lacking in their homes. The love that they cannot find. They think that they can get it there. Statistically, Hastings is a hot spot for the police at the moment. You know why? There are more teenage pregnancies happening in our city than that are happening in somewhere in Auckland. There are more kids who are getting into drugs than somewhere in Auckland. The per capita percentage use of pee in our nation is higher than USA. Let me ask you tonight, would you want help? Would you want to help Lazarus to come out? Would you be able to do that? Would you be able to stand up and say, Lazarus, come out. I want to be part of this army that is going to bring Lazarus out. Because the power is in Jesus Christ. It's not on you. All you need to do is take that power and bring it to them. You don't need to be, you don't need to be a Bible expert. All you need to be is willing and available. All you need to be is willing and available. Come and talk to us if you need help. We will help you. We need people who will be ready to go out into the community. We can show you how to do it. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. All it needs is your availability. We serve an awesome God. You know, I just want to encourage you to to stand up and worship God. And then we will look at whether you would like to make some decisions. We just want to go before God. You have heard what God laid on my heart tonight. If God can raise somebody in Thailand, if God can raise somebody in Myanmar, He can definitely do that in our community. He can definitely do that in our midst, in our 
among our friends and he can do that for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand up and look unto the Lord.